Welcome to the Masterminds Podcast, a podcast about flips, flops, plans, outcomes, and learnings in the mythical field of mobility as a service. Our guests here are typically pioneers, entrepreneurs, and innovators of the mass concept with whom we discuss successes, failures, and key lessons. And we also look at future prospects for mass developments. My name is Steven Saracini, and I'm a researcher at RICE, the Research Institutes of Sweden. I'm joined today by my co-host, Hans Arby, formerly an entrepreneur and founder of the Swedish mass startup Ubigo, and also currently a colleague of mine at RICE. Hello. In this second episode of Masterminds, we'll get up close and personal with our guest, the founder of Mars Global and a true pioneer in the field, Sampo Hietanen. Welcome, Sampo. Thank you. Now, Hans and Sampo, I understand that you have a bit of history together. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Sampo, but I think we first met in spring of 2014. I was in Helsinki for a conference about, well, it wasn't called Mars at that time. Uh, and I remember we had a lunch after the conference uh, with, the, with the hosts. And I remember you were the only one that actually understood what I was talking about. Um, so <clears throat> maybe the first question is, how come? And, and what, what led you to participate in that uh, conference uh, and the lunch? And how come you actually understood what what I was talking about. Well, already 2014, the, the Moss, or it had many names back, back in the days in Finland, it started to be Moss somewhere, I, th- I suppose, 2012 or something like that. Um, but it had been cooking and boiling for, for quite some time. And um, and it, even to the point where uh, where we, we started to come up and, okay, we should, we should start doing something. Uh, at the time, I was... Uh, CEO of ITS Finland, the organization that pushes pushes technology within transportation, and uh, for for quite some years the the kind of concept and the idea had been cooking, and of course we've been looking quite closely what what happened in Sweden, and uh, and yeah, that probably brought brought me to it. So if if you look at so so what happened next? What happened after our lunch, on to say? Well, uh, a lot of things had happened already before twenty twenty fourteen. Uh, I actually uh, the first slides that resembled Mars and had the, had the concept I, I found in 2006 when I was trying to trying to mimic what the telecom industry had been doing and, and and gave a speech about that this is the future of mobility. Not many not many agreed with me and thought that I'd lost my mind. But somewhere around 2011 2012. Um, Finland was quite lucky with the ministry that we had, uh, the Ministry of Transport and Communication. So the guys that have had been in the center of creating this legislation and the framework for for mobile, the GSM and 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 the things that uh, were were before that, uh, they were the legislator and the regulators for also for for mobility and transport. And um, they they had been looking at for a long time that what will what will this digitalization mean in transportation? And one way or another with Mars, uh, found, a, found a kind of enlightenment that, hey, well, this looks exactly what, what, what was in, uh, in, in telecom because, you know, you're talking about teleoperators and, and these kinds of things. And, and uh, I think kind of the first start of this was 2011. There was a big event with, uh, with the current minister and they realized that they had have to kind of start restart the whole legislative work and by 2014 the the basics of of the legislation to bring about the bring about mass started to be quite in place already what happened after lunch uh, there also was a, a, a work done for Helsinki city where you know it started picking up some wind uh, at least in the in the in the minds of all the all the professionals and at some point, uh, there was a guy in Helsinki City who said that okay, we, we need to do something about this. What what will this mass mean for for us as a city? And and there was a thesis maker, Sonia. You probably remember her yeah, quite well. Yeah. Uh, that started to do a thesis that okay, what would mass mean for Helsinki? And summer of 2014, that thesis first it got approved as the the strategy for for Helsinki City, and then it got pretty wild in the global media. 
that hey this there's there's this thing in Helsinki and it will change the whole thing and people people not do not necessarily even need their cars anymore and and that that was kind of the the turning point and there, then there was the conference in in Helsinki that brought it alive and and it was somewhere summer 2014 that then People started also asking me that why do you keep on talking? You've been talking about this mass concept for quite quite some while now. Why don't you do something? And um, and said that hey, if you if you form a company out of this, then we'll give you we'll give you money. Probably they did it just to shut me up, but <laughs> but eventually um, end of 2014, we we were ready to get started with the with a with a mobility or mass operator then. So that's uh, be careful what you wish for in a way. But <laughs> what? So that was kind of a, the, a very good setting then in in Helsinki and in Finland. But what what really were your driving force? What motivated you to to get into this? Well, mostly I'm a I'm a transport engineer myself, and I suck at the work, so I have to do something else. <laughs> Try to come up with new concepts. You can always be the expert because nobody knows what it is. <laughs> so that's smart. That's one. Uh, but I do have to remember in 2006 when kind of first was talking about this when all of all of my or many of my friends they worked at the Nokia's and all the cool places and they it was so cool and I tried to think that hey could this mobility be in any ways anyways cool so big driving war- force was of course being being jealous to their mm-hmm. success and I realized that hey actually this is ten times bigger and there will be a disruption like the, the digital disruption also in in this field. Back in 2006, it was it looked like yeah, it's never going to happen. But we didn't have any Ubers, we didn't have micro mobilities and such, and it looked kind of silly. So you alluded to in your previous answer a bit about the landscape in Finland, um, and um, this has been written about a little bit in some of the academic literature that there was there was an economic downturn, uh, and there was uh, a search for the new Nokia uh, in in Finland, which is a little bit what you described. But you also mentioned that. Um, At some point, I think it was 2014. In this story, there was uh, an announcement uh, from Finland that you know uh, we would we would try and become some kind of forerunner or pioneer in this field. Um, but that, that sort of um, spread a little bit globally. Um, I don't know if you said wildfire, but I'm going to use that term. And I just wondered why. Why do you think that is? Why was the why was the um, the environment ripe for Mars globally? Um, when it was first sort of, when it first burst onto the scene, why did it spread so quickly? Is my question. I, I would love to say that it was all all really brilliant planning. <laughs> uh, oftentimes, you know, coincidences happen. Um, the the speeches and yes, this is at the center of of the of Finnish transport uh, policy had been there for years. Uh, it, It had been kind of pushed and wanted to go out, but sometimes a stroke of luck is is all, all it takes. Uh, in one ways, I think one of the things is that the 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 user case, how this looks like for the end user, was used a lot. And secondly, this um, this actually the work was done more on the on the side of the transport and communications ministry. But then when Helsinki did something about it, it kind of uh, it 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 took off like wildfire in, in media, and uh, I remember it, it started by uh, like I said sometimes things are stroke stroke of luck. Uh, the local newspaper Helsinki Sanomat uh, made a story that hey this is what it could look like and and you know uh, this is this is how how things will and 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 made a good article about it and they even thought because it was summer and they didn't have much news that they translated that into English. And for some reason, Guardian picked it up, and all of a sudden, uh, it w- it's really nice to see how these kinds of phenomena can be born almost overnight and 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 out of uh, well, not out of thin air, but you you cannot kind of predict when and how how it happens. And this is the whole what I, what I love about the whole mask case is that there there never was an evil conspiracy, nor was there huge planning for for media or you know. Uh, Armies of media consultants saying that do it this and this way. It just it's just caught on. So um, just looking back at some of these different phases of the the development of the company, could you could you mention some of the challenges you faced? Um, like we the, the the main challenges that I think the field is aware of are things like you know challenges in bringing in partners and public transportation in particular. And I know I know in Finland there's been a, a very um, Specific route taken in terms of changing the transport code and and trying to force public tra- uh, transport uh, authorities 
uh, into a mass ecosystem. Um, but I wonder if you could give us the inside perspective on that. How, like, what are the challenges you faced and how well do you think you overcame them? Well, um, in a way, you could divide it into, into getting the supply. Uh, it was pretty obvious looking at it from beginning on that no one in the world would ever have enough supply themselves to uh, to to kind of fulfill the dream of Mars, which is every single trip uh, using all the different modes. And no one mode can do it, and no one no one provider. Which means that whoever then uh, works towards the, the towards the consumer has to uh, has to rely on on partners for for their supply and that's the first problem this this industry is not meant for partnering it's not meant for that kind of collaboration it's definitely not made made, made for integration uh, into one simple service that could even compete with with car ownership there's a lot of legacy every player is big they they're used to you know taking their own route all the way to the consumer so that Getting into the supply uh, was, of course, by far the biggest biggest hurdle to to crack. Um, if if we take the supply part in in Finland, the legislation was at least supposed to help because uh, opening up the technical APIs and and making a contract was made mandatory. Uh, that came into force 2018. Uh, but I have to say this this regulatory uh, way is not good enough if it's if it's not uh, enforced strong enough and that that's what happened in finland that kind of since it's a new legislation there's always interpretations and if if you're not really willing you can find ways to not really open up and and this is what we what we found out from from beginning on uh because they, did, us, yeah. they didn't really want to <clears throat> open up and uh, as i understand also you didn't get any sort of discount or any margin yeah and and this is this is kind of the, the silly question everybody understands that if you're if you are in a in a in a retail market and and you want to resell whether it's trips or tickets or days of cars or minutes of something uh yes there are ways to to mold that into into a different format but if if you have to pay uh the same amount as the consumer you're actually doing it at loss and that this is of course not a not a sustainable way and this is what we especially in Helsinki what what uh what became a big big obstacle it isn't such an obstacle in other countries where we went um being kind of the the first to really push this into the con- field the consumer field uh it, it took us a lot of time and effort to get going it started really turning uh, on the latter half of 2019 when uh, it, it it started to be so that we would have more partners coming into the platform than then we had to we could actually facilitate ourselves but it took a very long time and the problem of mass is that um, if you want to really be relevant for the consumer you pretty much need everything within the area and and let's say you have 10 different transportation providers in in area X and only seven of them are really willing to willing to collaborate and 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 be in a in in mass platforms it doesn't really help you kind of need all of them to move at the same time um, so the supply is is the first hurdle to to uh, to try to overcome then second is of course the technology in between which is not really an easy one at mass global i think we have close to we're using about 20 million lines of code at the moment just quite a quite a heavy one because for the consumer you have to be everything you have to open the open the car doors with bluetooth and you have to issue train tickets uh, for a long distance journey and as well as be able to uh, be the travel card within the city uh, open different types of scooters uh, and you can't wait five seconds on it it has to open immediately so there's quite a lot of uh, technical challenges on that one and then, of course, the the ultimate and the biggest challenge is how do you make yourself relevant for the consumers? So mm-hmm. th- those are the things to overcome. <laughs> I, I, I usually said you have just uh, f- three uh, challenges. One, to recruit uh, suppliers. One, to recruit customers. A third is to make money. But the fourth is actually uh, how to get investment because it will take a time, long time before you actually make money. And and I I was always jealous in, in your capability to to raise money. What what was the story you 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 sold so you actually can can get all those different investors during this time? Well, the thing is, and um, 
and however you phrase this, it's always at the end there's the consumer, and uh, and I would love to say that because I'm so good at this, but uh, luck has a lot to do with it. Uh, being being in front of the media, I mean, I've looked at mass global uh, media reach in in the in years after 2016, and it's always somewhere between two and two and eight billion uh, the the media reach. So if mm-hmm every newspaper in the world is writing about you it kind of gives you gives you a, a, a bit of a bit of an edge on it so i think that had a had a huge impact uh of course good thing is that we found the first ones because it always starts with someone that puts the first money in and once you have that you can do a bit more proof and then a bit more and a bit more uh on that one so yeah would love to say that it's because of the excellence but but sometimes it's also a lot of luck So just following up on that, uh, I think uh, having seen you at uh, multiple conferences over the years, Sampo, it's it's quite clear that this this attention that you receive is not just in the media; it's also within the the field, within the industry, and uh, among researchers as well. And um, I think I joked once with a colleague of yours that this is this is what you get for being a, a first mover. I wonder uh, what your experience of being a f- first mover is. Um, did you ever feel isolated in that role? Uh, or did you feel like you needed partners or supporters from elsewhere in the field? Because you're not the only Finnish startup or not the only startup globally to to try this. Um, I wonder how you saw those those other companies that were trying to do similar things to you. Well, I, I think since um, we have to kind of differentiate, and sometimes when when I've compared us also with other startups in in some some kind of industry. Uh, there's there's a major difference if you're if you're front runner creating a completely new product category, it makes it 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 makes it uh, a bit more harder. If we take for example micro mobility ten years ago and even even uh, some five x years ago, uh, the micro mobility was deemed to be okay. This is not not doable. It'll never never make money. And all of a sudden somebody proved it. So the product category started existing. Same with food delivery, for example. Uh, it's easier coming after somebody made it made it relevant for for the investors. Now, since we were kind of pushing that boundary, being being the first mover, uh, it, it it made it ex- extremely hard. And it, and but at the same time, um, I always liked that there should be uh, plenty of others because if if you have to prove the whole thing in a, in an environment in in a in a category like mass where a lot of this has to do with partnering and getting them on board if you're not the only one it helps everyone so um, if i think of it that way i i've always uh, to my best capabilities tried to help anyone getting into the field of mass with whatever whatever the angle is because first we really need to bake the cake and then we can start splitting it uh, <clears throat> talking about that it's it's one thing of selling something new is is kind of to do an analogy with with existing and and this also has been called Netflix for mobility and so on and everybody knows that that that's not the truth it's it's very 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 different have have you so to say ever felt trapped in that people would think that it is as easy as Netflix for mobility because it's so much more complex when you see how you can pull everything together um yeah of course uh, these kinds of uh generalizations they, they they are vital because they they get people really on board uh i haven't felt that bad about the netflix of mobility uh people who understand uh much more what it really takes they understand that well it's much more complicated than that but it does give for for someone kind of not from the field the understanding that okay well this is why it's been done quite nicely what i've been trapped much more is uh the misunderstanding that the the only only ways of making money in mass is to try to uh put put it on to the taxpayers uh taxpayers uh, costs and 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 let them pay for everything or secondly that the only other way is that you live off commissions this has been by far the hardest one and i have to say this is where we failed also to show the 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 importance of the subscriptions in in the whole field of mass people still think it's it's just you know 
getting getting commissions 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 and that's the only way you can you can uh, turn a profit out of this but but that's also a question of volume i mean when you can really start optimizing is when you have a big volume so it's it's a big step maybe getting there and, and also be relevant and get good deals with the suppliers that that is true uh with the suppliers in the areas where we uh where we've been longer of course yes we we were able to prove that they get more interested they start looking at different types of deals they understand that hey with these guys we could actually attract a bit of a different kind of uh, crowd than just with our own service and so on uh but also i i would suspect that being the first mover and and w- what has been kind of uh, hindering the the moving is that uh, covid and after that uh, the war in ukraine uh, kind of stopped the the funding of consumers and and when when things are bossed uh, people tend to think that okay well mass is a past thing it it didn't fly where the reality is that it it was uh, nobody ever got enough money to really take it to to the markets so mm. technically trialed but it's it hasn't been trialed in a big enough critical mass to really know that it, if it if it does make sense in, as a business like you said it's all about critical masses in that way i like some of the analogies uh, any operator business uh, where where you have these uh, where you have these either flat rates or you're an operator it is all about getting into a big enough critical mass otherwise it will never make sense mm. so so well talking about the pandemic and everything that's happened in the last few years what what actually where where is mass global now and and, and where are you well um we we took the series b where uh, where we were supposed to uh supposed to show the world that okay this is how we can how we can uh, in a couple of markets where we can really get the users and and start the scaling get the critical mass which then leads to series c and so on and this we took at the end of 2019 and we all know what happened early 2020 so you know you start recruiting and and really scaling up the organization and once you got the people then you realize that okay uh now we can't do it so we have to stop and try to put us into a, some some sort of a freeze mode and um and and that was done quite successfully we were able to kind of keep it at keep it some somehow ongoing without without pushing any user acquisition or anything which of course deteriorates everything you have in in any consumer markets so that that's of course how it is uh then when finally covid covid was off and and we were pushing and seemed that okay now is the right time everybody still thinks that yes mass is, is strategically definitely what's going to happen and it was all about okay let's let's get the volumes high enough to show that okay this is once we start getting and moving moving to the field then then it really makes sense and actually we were able to strangely enough hit all the all the numbers already already um uh, after covid a couple of months after that in in may we hit more than more than 1 million euros a month uh, tar- revenues which is pretty good starting from close to zero uh and and also the profitability started to started to show the track that we were anticipating but then the financial market kind of went <laughs> mm. went went from us and and the only only way uh for time being for for a concept like mass to to uh to to remain and like ours is that we 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 realized we're not going to get money enough to really do the 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 user or the consumer rollout in in relevant markets so um if there was one thing that we had learned by 2019 is to partner with the different uh, different providers of transportation so kind of a superpower that you had to create um and then it would make sense to partner up also in the other field and and do it a bit more cost efficiently like for example in Italy to to do it with a partner who already have millions of users and can can utilize that asset and and make the total case a, a, a bit more affordable so uh, i think last time i uh we saw each other sample was uh the conference in Amsterdam um and you spoke a little bit about a pivot there um or at least uh you were looking backwards and thinking if we'd have done things differently would have done this instead and i remember you mentioning something about focusing a little bit more on the car um i think you meant in terms of its functionality but i may be uh i may be wrong so i wonder if you could just say a bit more about that um looking backwards how would you do things differently um and has the company pivoted 
Well, we we have pivoted from uh, from going directly B to C ourselves into doing with other other uh, with partners, and that's of course a, it's it's a big pivot for the for the company. The business case remains relatively same, but for for a company, of course, it makes us much much smaller and more more into the background. Uh, but what you re- were referring to is this concentrating more on the car. Is I suppose uh, the the big mistake being being the category leader and and kind of starting all this up is that uh, we fell and I fell into the trap of okay let's just first get the growth with doing these kind of pay as you go models so meaning that you don't have subscriptions where also your relevance for the consumer is not as big as it can be in the in the subscriptions and didn't focus the efforts user acquisition and especially product development more into the car like subscriptions which seem to have much better uh, first of all much better profitability but also relevance for the consumer so in in some ways uh, trying to hit kind of the vc targets of you know just get growth right now and and focus on the subscriptions later and at least i should have been more headstrong with the idea that no it was always about the subscription and put put more efforts into that one um, the reason is quite simple uh, if we look at uh, how how people behave and and what they're after if we start from this kind of pay as you go the perception for for people is that well it's a it's a bit nicer uh, public transportation app with a bit of extras their uh, price perception is extremely low they feel that okay well this is this is you know somewhere there and and the convenience is that okay well you have a lot of things in one app that's it's it's nice it's okay but it doesn't bring as much benefits as if we could uh, go in the same uh, space in mind as the car does and say hey actually we are uh, comparers with your car because then your price perception is much higher uh willingness to pay is much higher and of course also the impacts for for everything is uh is much bigger i can tell you an example if uh, if in helsinki we have a subscription that is mostly based on the public transportation which is around 60 euros a month we uh we raise the price by 3% and there's quite a lot of uh price elasticity so the so that the demand uh drops immediately and you do pretty much the same thing and you say that hey on top of that you have every weekend you can go and pick up a car and you price that to 250 euros and people think it's extremely cheap even though they use it once or twice uh once or twice a month so um the whole idea of piggybacking on the price perception of the car is something that where we should have pushed much more much more well you you know i agree with with the subscription model <clears throat> and i think what's also interesting is that that the more car you get better profit and more uh revenue as well but in <clears throat> in a way it's also easier for you to for the integration because if you look at level 3 mas which is more subscription based you actually don't need if you have a pay as you go you need to have all the local services available in the app or else you're not the expedia of of the local travel market but if you have subscription it could be enough with having the best uh partner for each different mode that is that is true and um, and at the same time i think uh also in that sense we we kind of went with the with the idea that that public transport is uh, is the core and center of all mass which inevitably it is but at the same time it doesn't have to be the starting point and uh, as you know there's a lot of struggle especially on the public transport which this was a big surprise to me you would think that they would be gaining most out of this but they tend to be the hardest ones to actually partner up with um which led us also to go into areas where public transport was the most receptive but probably for the mass market they were not the best uh best places to get started so this really distracted distracted quite a lot uh, also also us in the field in a way if i if i compare mass uh, subscriptions into a buffet the cars and taxis they are the shrimp and beef whereas uh, let's face it public transportation is the potato and rice and you can still sell a good buffet without the potato it just eventually makes sense to have a lot of potato there as well yeah i mean it's 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 more cost effective per per uh, calorie it's <laughs> it's good to have the <laughs> exactly. potato so exactly. but I, but it's also true i mean when you talk about where is mass now and and it's been been very slow and you don't see it in many places but if you're looking 
really how how like Europe is. It isn't that many cities where public transport is actually open for co- co- collaboration in in a real sense. Yeah, and what what I what I also learned that there's this uh, collaboration, uh, real collaboration that doesn't exist much. But then there's this on paper kind of collaboration, and that exists a lot. So there's a lot of openness, but you know you scratch a bit and you see that well, not not really. Mm. If I understood correctly, Sampo, you mentioned that uh, part of the pivot uh, within Mars Global is to work more in the B2B market. Um, did I understand that correctly? And uh, if so, could you tell us a bit more about it? Yes, well, um, B2B market, uh, it, it has a lot of definition in the world of world of Mars. So what it means that uh, at there's, let's remember, there's always in the end, there's the consumer. One way or another, the consumer pays, whether it's the whether it's the employer who picks up part of the bill or something, but eventually the consumer is the one using it and you need to consider them as your as your target. Now, how do we get to the consumer is that whether it's an insurance company, whether it's a, it's a big event or whether it's a construction uh, company or, or, or similar that actually gets us there or helps us get, getting there, it doesn't make much of difference. Uh, as as a whole, but for us as a company, that we do not make the investment of the user acquisition, which normally is about seventy percent of the total total investment, sometimes even even a bit more, and and that's that that's the pivot. Uh, oftentimes, I hear that the B two B market it's it's just that you know companies sell to each other and and to the government, and uh, well, it's a circle that keeps on going around unless somebody really goes after the consumer. It's it's always to uh, see at the end of everything. It's B to B to see in the end. Yes, uh, there B- is the B to B that that is also used uh, in a way correctly. I would say that would be the B to B to E to the employee. Oh yeah, which I believe is if you look at smartphones, how they got adopted. Uh, it's often that at some point, well, in Finland they got adopted because the taxation was done so preferable that you know 20 euro and you can give the employee any kind of uh, mobile phone benefit and that's why smartphones got so so uh high up in in finland early early days on i i believe that especially for the high-end uh high-end mass services that the, it will start picking up from the from the from the corporate car uh part of it which really is is one of those wonders that i i, I do not understand in europe we're talking really big restrictions and everything still in zero countries in EU can you actually give a simple mass benefit to the consumer that would be more more preferable than than a, a leasing car which is i i can't get my head around it i guess one exception is then maybe belgium where it's almost as, as good to get mass package I'll say, or or mobility services as a company car It is, but it's still made to be quite uh, cumbersome. We, we tried yeah. that, and it, it's relatively complicated. Still, it could be made much, much simpler. Mm. Uh, Stephen talked about some of the the learnings and and things that you might have done differently before. If 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 you look at the whole, I mean, if you look at your, your journey uh, so far, what is the most important learnings, and what would you have done differently? Well, there's there's of course <laughs> probably hundreds of different things, and and better analysis will come afterwards. But maybe some of the ones that I I do see, the the number one thing would be to to really go after the 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 actual uh, user preference, the the subscriptions, really go after the car like subscriptions, and and put much more emphasis on that one. That I think I think it would have proven the the unit economics much faster, which helps to get investments definitely. Uh, but it also would have shown the world that okay, well, this is what 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 is really about. It's not about uh, adding a bit of Google or it's not a, a a bit bit improved public transportation app. But this is this is really what Mars is all about. I, I think that's the that's the really the number one learning. It also does help in the in the partnering because you're showing that you know what we are offering is nothing uh, that you can compare with yourself in in this sense and you cannot go after the after the car like experience that that i would say is the is the first one that i i would have pushed f- for the resources that we've been getting much more much more into that one i suppose uh second has to do with uh how to choose where to go and how to go uh would have 
probably being much more conservative and and pushing back on some of the uh some of the the in investor hunger to scale 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 faster mm-hmm. uh and say that look we we should not go until we are we are sure that the the product market fit is really there uh but it, it it's been a hard puzzle because you know you have to juggle between the partners uh also of course cities and regulators uh investors consumers uh all all these and it's uh it's it's not an easy easy one but there i i think i would have uh, chosen a bit differently on that one and of course there's a there's a lot of competences that i did not realize that we uh we should have had a bit earlier within the company that that was kind of now knowing it i would probably form form it a bit differently at different stages such, such as what competences especially the 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 hardest part is is really the how is the product what is what is the pricing mechanism and how is the product uh, product really done i suppose that's one of the hardest part especially in a, in a field like ours where there are no experts because nobody's ever done it before but but it it would have needed more resourcing from beginning on yeah and also i think that that's i mean one one of the problems with moss has been that it's kind of been tech driven So you have uh, look at the very benefit from societal perspective, and then what you can do with technology, and you often forget the business business in the middle, the business case in the middle, maybe. Exactly. Are we talking about the business case, or are we talking about say service design, and have we forgotten the user in Moss? Is that what we're talking about? Uh, I would say it's a it's a bit of both. Uh, you know you you can start just looking at it if from the cfo perspective and you look at just the numbers but you end up in a bit of a, a bit of a dead end because you just start saying that okay hey since we we are we're getting on with these kind of resale type of pay as you go or or similar things so go on uh business development go and push for better commissions if if you're if you just want to look at it from business case if you don't have the innovativity on the on the product side uh and if you're if you're on the on the city side you just say that well uh how do you prove that you know nobody touched the car and everybody just used public transportation all the time so it's uh it, it is to have that smart uh, smart or let's say really innovative subscription logics and and these are these are rare people to also to find because you kind of have to be in between tech and business and and even societal goals and still be able to in a way you have to kind of shoot from the hip because there there never will be or of course at some point but at this stage you just will not have enough information you have to take a risk great so um i wonder if i could try and ask you a, a big question now example um so in the field i think there's this general sense or a feeling or maybe even a discussion that uh Uh, Mars is sort of uh, dwindling in some respects, um, especially after the pandemic, where there were a few uh, companies that discontinued the Mars activities or went bankrupt. Um, and I think Hans and I, in particular, have discussed whether the hype uh, might be over um, and where, whether Mars might not be resurrected. Um, so I wondered if you could say something about what you see as the current state of the Mars field, and like where are we today? Um, Is this thing here to stay? Is it going to sort of slowly die away? Is it still at the heart of a sort of transformation of the mobility sector? Um, and also, what do you think will happen in the future? Well, um, I think those are relevant questions. Um, I kind of tend to like, uh, you've probably seen the Gartner's hype curve and where where Moss is there. Uh, it's It's in getting into into the common knowledge within two to five years. I think that's kind of, it's it's quite a realistic one. Now, what what makes it a bit harder is because normally you can uh, follow the, the Gartner hype curve quite nicely. But then if you have this, uh, let's say, three years of discontinuation, then you have to ask that, uh, is it is it, does it still make sense to follow the hype curve or does it mean that it needs to kind of be restarted? I think for for the concept in general, it, it is a bit of bit of shame that that nobody got far enough to really prove it in a in a big enough scale. Nobody got the the first hundred plus million to really take it into take it into a, a sizable market and and really 
find enough of the critical mass. Uh, so it's kind of easy to say, it would be easy to say for those that won't like the, like the concept being, and which is normally, you know, if you have disruptive new businesses, it's all the existing uh, incumbents that would say that, okay, whew, the nightmare's over, we don't have to worry about it. Um, so in a way, it, it remains to be seen. But what I am pretty sure of is that uh, the the convenience that it brings about, the the mandatory thing to find something else than the car ownership for people uh, without jeopardizing or losing the freedom of mobility because that's such a it's a huge dream that everybody wants to pursue uh, it, it's there and how else would you fill that gap uh, not not being able to own a car but still have the full trust of being able to go anywhere anytime on a on a whim and and have a service promise on that so I am confident that the, that the concept itself it will prevail. Uh, when and how uh, remains to be seen. And I, I, I would say that like with many concept, it is hanging on whenever it is done in a big enough way somewhere. But I guess that also it's a question of how you define a mass. Because in, in, in you can say it's about being able to replace car ownership, um, make it easier to be live a modern model life and so on but but since since you're coined as the father of mass how how would you actually define the concept of mass because it's surely more than an app yeah i, w- I would say that it's the it's utilizing all the all the resources uh that you have to to bring about this this service that gets you anywhere anytime on a whim uh, I know I, I've deliberately phrased it in different ways everywhere, mm-hmm. not to, not to be too prudent about it, but but that's how I would just phrase it: to to use whatever means necessary to give you that freedom of mobility. And then, what is freedom of mobility? It's that you have guarantee that you can go to any of the places you want to go at any time, and car is the only one that gives you that insurance at the moment. Mm-hmm. But that also means that you open up for actually very many different service design and also different business models. Yes. And um, yeah. And and one of the most intriguing one is where we also uh, wrote a short article with David Henscher about is that uh, remains to be seen if if mass operators will be independent or, or and it's probably going to be a mix or will it move more towards that mobility is just uh, it's it's an embedded feature in in others so that it's 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 part of your your rent it's part of the event it's part of uh getting to getting to your mall and and so on and this is quite an interesting one to see what what we haven't done which is kind of embarrassing even for the field of mobility it's that it's extremely uh complicated to integrate Mm. so we we were not even at the point where this could be tried out uh, so that you know everybody can just plug in their mobility uh, mobility into their into their offering one way or another. So um, we don't know, and and I I would say I would say that this is this is probably the 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 biggest two uh, alternative uh, worlds that I see. That will it be? Will you have an independent operator ga- gathering all your mobility to yourself, or will it just be embedded into everything where you, where you're going? So I've sometimes been thinking if if both you and me maybe hurt the Moss um, business and over Moss ecosystem in a way because you see that Moss is, is um, whim or or Ubigo or that kind of kind of typical hierarchical separate uh, operator Moss um, when it's actually many different flavors of Moss that it's kind of been of uh, the definition has been this is how Moss should be done. Yeah, that's that. That is true. I've all, all often wondered that myself. But having said that, uh, when when I founded Mass Global with Wim, with the even brand of Wim, I was thinking that hey, actually, I'm I even at that time I was thinking that it's most likely that people will buy it as part of their rent. It's it's for most. It's it's the most convenient. That's where your car also spends most of its day uh, at your parking place. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's kind of convenient over there. But in order to go into anywhere near that one, first you have to have the services ready so that consumers actually uh, know what what to ask for and and what to get before you can even go to that direction. So like you know, this is a humongous field. We're talking about 
biggest field or second biggest largest field in the world after after construction 20% of people's household costs and 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 all the players there are huge everywhere so it, it, it of course takes time yeah so um just to follow up uh, i think in in your definition uh sample of mass it seems that there is a, a a theme of openness between different operators in the ecosystem and so on um and then the question is whether you have uh uh, a very open ecosystem or whether you have somewhat uh, closed in that you have to access mobility through an independent third party um uh, so first did i understand that correctly but also do you do you see uh the opportunity for other actors to be the the mass operator so this classic question of whether public transport can do it or whether public organizations can do it or even maybe automotive uh actors can they can they take this role um I, i think that there will and should be different kinds of variations of it because uh look why would we have to dictate how the how the consumer wants to uh, get their mobility and in which format we we should definitely offer them solutions if we go back to the uh comparing with cars what i like about my car is that not the city nor someone else chooses what car i want i choose it and there are plenty of options for me to to choose from and that's why car has been so dominant it's a it's individual and you you get to define what you want out of it and same should should apply to to mass as well um as to the ecosystem i think that um and this is this is really hard especially for car industry also because they they have been extremely uh successful in a closed environment where they control it's a mercedes ecosystem or toyota ecosystem they control everything from from start to finish and 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 they they are good at that now the the open ecosystem i don't think that it's an ideological solution or ideological thought at all it is more around uh, the fact that it just doesn't work the other way the 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 idea of nobody has enough capacity uh, on their own which means you cannot control it so you have to allow that there's cross usage be- between different uh, mass operators using the same public transports and same taxis and such you can do like hans said that you don't have to have everything and everyone in there but but if it's uh, if it doesn't open up if the supply does not open up it makes it really hard to actually create those services that people really want uh you will start getting into these uh, places where you have an operator in yoteborg and then you have a have a different one in stockholm and it's kind of silly because this is not it, it they they should be roaming and if if you allow these kinds of blockings nobody will have a good enough service so i think that the open ecosystem is more more of a necessity yeah, for sure going to be more easier if you have more standardized so so you don't have just local uh, local markets which are to to get the volume so um we talked about where the mass market and so will be in like five years or something So the question is where will you be in five years? <laughs> Hopefully in Bahamas. <laughs> in uh in uh, writing a book about how did it, how did it all happen. Uh but let's see. Uh if there's one thing I've learned in uh in a really kind of uh fast moving uh fast moving startup world is that if I can have a plan for three months I'm I'm lucky. So Bahamas hopefully but most likely not. So yeah, so that's where you would like to be. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. But we'll we'll see about it. I'm glad you said you'd be writing a book in the Bahamas and not having discussions with the PTA. <laughs> oh, by the way, you asked about can the can the public transport be a mass operator? This is a tricky question. Uh because in a in an ideal world, yes. Uh why not? they they should be able to do that just as 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 well as any any other uh whether it makes then sense for a uh, public to start taking over uh, subscriptions that have private parts is, is another issue but it comes with a big caveat if you have someone who has a monopoly on public transport and if we assume that the uh assume that the public transport is a, is a vital part of the of the whole whole package uh it just tends to be that if you also get to be in the mass field of course you see the others as competitor which means you you will not uh remain favorable for them in terms so if it is done uh 
definitely not in a monopolistic way, which sadly many of the European cities have chosen. And and secondly, if it is done, then the regulator of how it's done should be extremely powerful. And I've not seen any actual signs of this happening in in real world yet. Um, you can do it like, you know, teleoperators can be also virtual operators, but it takes a really strong regulator. And so far, I haven't seen too much of that strong regulators yet. No, yeah, so, so I totally agree. Um, but it also means that maybe in five years, you probably still will be talking with and about PTAs then, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Car car manufacturers, they're in an open field, so definitely they they should go for this because this is also where their future is. Mm. Great. So I think uh, we need to wrap things up a little bit. Um, and I wonder, Sampo, if we may ask you, um, if there are three points that you'd like our listeners to remember in the grand story of mm. Sampo, founder of Mask Global and founding father of the field, etc., etc., what would you like them to take with them? How would you summarize our conversation? Well, I it, everything everything starts from from consumers. Uh, what consumers deserve is freedom of mobility, but they deserve to have options uh, that do not uh, mean that you have to buy the car, which is then also quite unsustainable. You you should you should go for something better. Uh, and secondly, yes, it is doable if if you really have uh, a convenient, easy access to every resources and every services we have, you can actually create the same level of freedom without the car ownership. Uh, thirdly, uh, I would say that uh, the the rumors of, of mass demise are, are way exaggerated. <laughs> Thank you, Sampo, uh, very much for sharing your insights and for giving the inside story of your mass journey. Um, thank you also to Hans for being an excellent co-host as usual. And thank you also to our listeners for tuning into the second episode of the Masterminds podcast. Uh, we'll be back soon with a new episode together with uh, yet another mass pioneer. And uh, stay tuned.